Section 17 of Arts and Crafts Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Julie Barclay. Of Dying as an Art by William Morris. Dying is a very ancient art. From the earliest times of the ancient civilizations till within about forty years ago, there had been no essential change in it and not much change of any kind. Up to the time of the discovery of the process of Prussian blue dyeing in about 1810, it was known as a pigment thirty or forty years earlier, the only changes in the art were the result of the introduction of the American insect dye, cochineal, which gradually superseded the European one, kermes, and the American wood dyes now known as logwood and brazilwood, the latter differs little from the Asiatic and African red saunders, and other red dyewoods. The former has cheapened and worsened black dyeing, insofar as it has taken the place of the indigo vat as a basis. The American quercitron bark gives us also a useful additional yellow dye. These changes, and one or two others, however, did little towards revolutionizing the art. That revolution was left for our own days and resulted from the discovery of what are known as the aniline dyes, deduced by a long process from the plants of the coal measures. Of these dyes, it must be enough to say that their discovery, while conferring the greatest honor on the abstract science of chemistry, and while doing great service to capitalists in their hunt after profits, has terribly injured the art of dyeing, and for the general public has nearly destroyed it as an art. Henceforward there is an absolute divorce between the commercial process and the art of dyeing. Anyone wanting to produce dyed textiles with any artistic quality in them must entirely forego the modern and commercial methods in favor of those which are at least as old as Pliny, who speaks of them as being old in his time. Now, in order to dye textiles in patterns or otherwise, we need four colors to start with, to wit, blue, red, yellow, and brown. Green, purple, black, and all intermediate shades can be made from a mixture of these colors. Blue is given us by indigo and woad, which do not differ in color in the least, their chemical product being the same. Woad may be called northern indigo, and indigo tropical or subtropical woad. Note that until the introduction of Prussian blue about 1810, there was no other blue dye except this indigotine, which could be called a dye. The other blue dyes were mere stains which would not bear the sun for more than a few days. Red is yielded by the insect dyes kermes, lac dye, and cochineal, and by the vegetable dye matter. Of these, kermes is the king, brighter than matter and at once more permanent and more beautiful than cochineal. The latter on an illuminous basis gives a rather cold crimson, and on a tin basis a rather hot scarlet for example, the dress coat of a line officer. Matter yields on wool a deep-toned blood red, somewhat bricky and tending to scarlet. On cotton and linen, all imaginable shades of red according to the process. It is not of much use in dyeing silk, which it is apt to blind, i.e., it takes off the gloss. Lac dye gives a hot and not pleasant scarlet, as may be noted in a private militiaman's coat. The French liner's trousers, by the way, are, or were, dyed with matter, so that their countrymen sometimes call them matter-wearers, but their cloth is somewhat too cheaply dyed to do credit to the dry saltery. 
besides these permanent red dyes there are others produced from woods called in the middle ages by their general name of brazil whence the name of the american country because the conquerors found so much dyeing wood growing there some of these wood dyes are very beautiful in color but unluckily they are none of them permanent as you may see by examining the beautiful stuffs of the thirteenth and fourteenth centuries at the south kensington museum in which you will scarcely find any red but plenty of fawn colour which is in fact the wood red of five hundred years ago thus faded if you turn from them to the gothic tapestries and note the reds in them you will have the measure of the relative permanence of kermes red and brazil the tapestry reds being all dyed with kermes and still retaining the greater part of their colour the medieval dyers must be partly excused however because brazil is especially a silk dye kermes sharing somewhat in the ill qualities of matter for silk though i have dyed silk in kermes and got very beautiful and powerful colours by means of it yellow dyes are chiefly given us by weld sometimes called wild mignonette quercitron bark mentioned above and old fustic an american dyewood of these weld is much the prettiest and is the yellow silk dye par excellence though it dyes wool well enough but yellow dyes are the commonest to be met with in nature and our fields and hedgerows bear plenty of greening weeds as our forefathers called them since they used them chiefly for greening blue woolen cloth for as you may well believe they being good colorists had no great taste for yellow woolen stuff dyer's broom sawwort the twigs of the poplar the osier and the birch heather broom flowers and twigs will all of them give yellows of more or less permanence of these i have tried poplar and osier twigs which both gave a strong yellow but the former not a very permanent one speaking generally yellow dyes are the least permanent of all as once more you may see by looking at an old tapestry in which the greens have always faded more than the reds or blues the best yellow dyes however lose only their brighter shade the lemon colour and leave a residuum of brownish yellow which still makes a kind of green over the blue brown is best got from the roots of the walnut tree or in their default from the green husks of the nuts this material is especially best for saddening as the old dyers used to call it the best and most enduring blacks were also done with this simple dye stuff the goods being first dyed in the indigo or woad vat till they were a very dark blue and then browned into black by means of the walnut root Catechu, the inspissated juice of a plant or plants which comes to us from india also gives rich and useful permanent browns of various shades green is obtained by dyeing a blue of the required shade in the indigo vat and then greening it with a good yellow dye adding what else may be necessary as for example matter to modify the colour according to taste purple is got by bluing in the indigo vat and afterwards by a bath of cochineal or kermes or matter all intermediate shades of claret and murray and russet can be got by these drugs helped out by saddening black as aforesaid is best made by dyeing dark blue wool with brown and walnut is better than iron for the brown part because the iron brown is apt to rot the fibre as once more you will see in some pieces of old tapestry or old persian carpets where the black is quite perished or at least in the case of the carpet gone down to the knots all intermediate shades can as aforesaid be got by blending of these prime colours or by using weak baths of them for instance 
all shades of flesh color can be got by means of weak baths of madder and walnut saddening madder or cochineal mixed with weld gives us orange and with saddening all imaginable shades between yellow and red including the ambers maize color etc the crimsons in gothic tapestries must have been got by dyeing kermes over pale shades of blue since the crimson red dye cochineal had not yet come to europe a word or two entirely unscientific about the process of this old-fashioned or artistic dyeing in the first place all dyes must be soluble colors differing in this respect from pigments most of which are insoluble and are only very finely divided as for example ultramarine umber terre verte next dyes may be divided into those which need a mordant and those which do not or as the old chemist bancroft very conveniently expresses it into adjective and substantive dyes indigo is the great substantive dye indigo has to be deoxidized and thereby made soluble in which state it loses its blue color in proportion as the solution is complete the goods are plunged into this solution and worked in it between two waters as the phrase goes and when exposed to the air the indigo they have got on them is swiftly oxidized and once more becomes insoluble the process is repeated till the required shade is got all shades of blue can be got by this means from the pale watchet as our forefathers called it up to the blue which the eighteenth-century french dyers called bleu d'enfer navy blue is the politer name for it to-day in england i must add that though this seems an easy process the setting of the blue vat is a ticklish job and requires i should say more experience than any other dyeing process the brown dyes walnut and catechu need no mordant and are substantive dyes some of the yellows can also be dyed without mordant but are much improved by it the red dyes kermes and madder and the yellow dye weld are especially mordant or adjective dyes they are all dyed on an aluminous basis to put the matter plainly the goods are worked in a solution of alum usually with a little acid added and after an interval of a day or two aging are dyed in a bath of the dissolved dye stuff a lake is thus formed on the fibre which is in most cases very durable the effect of this mordanting of the fibre is clearest seen in the mattering of printed cotton goods which are first printed with aluminous mordants of various degrees of strength or with iron if black is needed or a mixture of iron with alumina for purple and then dyed wholesale in the matterbeck the result being that the parts which have been mordanted come out various shades of red etc according to the strength or composition of the mordant while the unmordanted parts remain a dirty pink which has to be cleared into white by soaping and exposure to the sun and air which process both brightens and fixes the dyed parts pliny saw this going on in egypt and it puzzled him very much that a cloth dyed in one colour should come out coloured diversely that reminds me to say a word on the fish dye of the ancients it was a substantive dye and behaved somewhat as indigo it was very permanent the colour was a real purple in the modern sense of the word i e a colour or shades of a colour between red and blue the real byzantine books which are written on purple vellum give you some at least of its shades the ancients you must remember used words for colour in a way that seems vague to us because they were generally thinking of the tone rather than the tint when they wanted to specify a red dye they would not use the word purpureous but coccineous 
i e scarlet of kermes the art of dyeing i am bound to say is a difficult one needing for its practice a good craftsman with plenty of experience matching a color by means of it is an agreeable but somewhat anxious game to play as to the artistic value of these dye stuffs most of which together with the necessary mordant alumina the world discovered in early times i mean early historical times i must tell you that they all make in their simplest forms beautiful colors they need no muddling into artistic usefulness when you need your colors bright as i hope you usually do and they can be modified and toned without dirtying as the foul blotches of the capitalist dyer cannot be like all dyes they are not eternal the sun in lighting them and beautifying them consumes them yet gradually and for the most part kindly as to use my example for the last time in this paper you will see if you look at the gothic tapestries in the drawing-room at hampton court these colours in fading still remain beautiful and never even after long wear pass into nothingness through that stage of livid ugliness which distinguishes the commercial dyes as nuisances even more than their short and by no means merry life i may also note that no textiles dyed blue or green otherwise than indigo keep an agreeable colour by candlelight many quite bright greens turning into sheer drab a fashionable blue which simulates indigo turns into a slaty purple by candlelight and prussian blues are also much damaged by it i accept from this condemnation a commercial green known as gas green which is as abominable as its name both in daylight and gaslight and indeed one would almost expect it to make unlighted midnight hideous william morris End of section 17. Recording by Julie Barclay.